0: Welcome to our couch Take a seat It's time for therapy
1: Movie therapy I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday.
0: And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and co-author of How to Be Fine. In each episode of Movie Therapy, Rafer, you and I offer up, well, questionable advice and movie and TV recommendations that we strongly believe in for whatever (laughs) ails you.
1: That's right. And please remember, we are not real therapists, but we are real film critics.
0: Yes, we are. We spell real R E E L because we roll like that. Oh, my God,
1: because we're old <laughs>
0: and nobody uses reels anymore, Kristen. <laughs> Let's just get to some letters, shall we, Rafer?
1: All right. Let's do our first letter. This one comes to us from Jana. Jana says Dear Rafer and Kristen, my husband and I are terrible with money. We have multiple credit cards that were thousands of dollars of debt on. We're always behind on our bills. We obviously have no savings. All this despite the fact that we have incomes that place us in the middle class. We recently met with a financial advisor who's helping us to consolidate our debts, set up automatic monthly payments, and so on. But she says that in order to really get on track, we can't just change our behavior, we also have to change our mindset to one where we enjoy saving as much as we love spending. This seems impossible. Does anyone actually enjoy saving? Can you please prescribe a movie or TV show that might help us to? Rafer,
0: I'm just going to say it. What? I love saving.
1: Yeah, you do love savings.
0: (laughs) I love saving. Damn you, Meinzer. I love it. You know what? I'm just going to reenact something that happens to me every day. Rafer, compliment me on my dress. Just do it. Uh, Kristen, that's a lovely dress you have on. Why, thank you. I got it for half off. (laughs) This is a conversation I have every day with people. They compliment me on something, I tell them how much I saved because I love saving. You know this tea bag right here in this cup I'm holding up, Rafer? Yes, I see it. Yes, I've been using that tea bag for 8 hours because I love saving. <laughs> Savings the best. Kristen, that's incredible. I did not I you know, listen, I I I always
1: knew that you were very good and very smart with your money. I always knew that about you. I don't think I knew
0: that you really loved Saving so much. Oh, it's so fun. I feel like I got one over on the man. I'm not going to pay you full price, mister. No, I'm keeping some of that money in my pocket right here. You can't have it. I love it. I love saving. Hold on, Rayford, do you, do you like saving? No, I hate saving. Because <laughs> I'm a normal human being. You're just like
1: our letter writer, Jana. You hate it. I hate savings. Everybody hates saving, Kristen. You're the only <laughs> no, person who loves it. There's you and a handful of people on the planet Earth that love to save. And most of them died in the 1930s. <laughs> I, no, I hate to save and I love to spend.
0: You're just like my husband that way. He loves it. Oh, is that right? Oh, my God, Dean. You know what I do? I see something. I put it on a wish list. Maybe Santa will bring it for me in 11 months. Maybe. He sees something (laughs) and he has it delivered the next day. I'm like, what is this TV doing here? Oh, I saw it on the internet last night. I bought it. That's how I am.
1: (laughs) Everyone's like, what do you want for your birthday? Nothing. I bought everything already.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, okay,
1: see. I think, listen... I think most people are like me. Yeah, I, I was looking around to find out, you know, what is the average American uh, credit card debt? It's it's the average is six thousand one hundred dollars, which is pretty high. But then I was looking that about half of Americans have $2,500 on their credit card. That sounds like a much more familiar number. I feel like I've gone most of my life with about $2,500 on my credit card, never, ever, ever paying it what? down. I pay it down a little bit, it goes back Why? up. I pay it down a little bit, it goes back up. Well, exactly, exactly. It. The, finally, my wife and I have finally paid off our credit cards. And guess what? Now we have, you know, what is that? $150, $200 a month extra? Because we paid off those goddamn credit cards. You're not paying that minimum payment anymore. It was like magic. It was like, look, here's an extra dinner. Here's some more beer. Here's a bottle of scotch. And that is the joy of saving, not spending. Right there. I, I, listen, I, I'm i not saying that I you are absolutely right. You are absolutely of the right mindset. I'm just saying not many people are naturally of that mindset. Most people are like me. They hate to save. They love to spend. It's mm-hmm. just how it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow for Jana here who has your mindset rafer and my husband's poor Jana
1: <laughs> I know
0: what are what are we going to recommend to help her shift that mindset to you know to see saving as not so bad maybe maybe spending is stupid can can we recommend movies that help her realize that
1: I think we can and I'm going to recommend a movie that actually you and I we had a little mix up in our communication you and I both chose this movie and then <laughs> then we then we discussed it was sort of my fault then we discussed And you decided that you would pick a different one, but we really both chose this movie. And
0: we both love this movie.
1: Well, it's just, that's because it's just jaw-dropping. Kristen and I both chose Queen of Versailles, the documentary from 2012 by uh, Lauren Greenfield. And if you haven't seen this movie or if you've forgotten about it, it's time to watch it again. It, It began as a movie about one man's attempt to build... One of the biggest, if not the biggest, and most expensive houses in the United States. And the guy is David Siegel. Uh, He's the owner of Westgate Resorts, the timeshare company. And his wife is Jackie Siegel. She's a former Miss Florida from 1993. And they start building what they call the Versailles house just outside Orlando. And it's one of the, it's just one of the most hideous things you've ever seen in your (laughs) life. It's just, it's just full of the, just the biggest, gaudiest Tackiest crap you could possibly imagine, just you know ghastly sculptures and, and and suits of armor and fake art and just stuff that you would stuff that you would never in a million years want in your house. you would never want to live with this stuff and then, of course, in two thousand eight, the recession hits, and just like that, the seagulls run out of money all of a sudden, these phenomenally wealthy people have to stop construction on the house. They let the servants go. The house just sits there, half built, their lap dogs running around, crapping all over the floor. And Jackie Siegel finds herself doing her Christmas shopping at Walmart, just like the rest of us. Here's a clip.
0: In Las Vegas, we looked out our window and we kind of copied the top three floors of the Paris Hotel. Probably should have used smaller envelopes because it turned out to be the largest home in America.
2: We never sought out to build the biggest house in America. It's just, it's like kind of happened. This is so beautiful. This is our grand ballroom. We have the grand staircase on each end. Mm -hmm. It's a palace. Can you imagine like the dances and the parties? I said, well, I'd like to have a bowling alley. And then he says, I want a health spot. And then I said, we need maid's quarters. I forgot how many kitchens, 10 kitchens.
0: We have a sushi bar. Two tennis courts, one will be a stadium court. Full size baseball field, which will double as the parking lot uh, when we have parties.
2: But this is our ice skating slash roller rink.
0: The children have their own wing, they have their playroom with a stage where they can perform and do their little whatever they do. Rafer, there's a reason why both you and I chose this movie because it is perfect for Jana.
1: Oh, it is.
0: In my opinion, it does not show spending as a fun thing. It shows spending as this thing that, like, that's where madness lies. Yeah. This is folly. Why yeah. would you spend all this money? Yeah. Spending money is not fun in this movie. It's bad.
1: No, I, t- I completely agree. Uh, I, I honestly, honestly, I don't think I have ever seen a better movie about America's concept of wealth. It's, this this movie is better than The Great Gatsby. This movie is better than Wall Street. It is better than Citizen Kane. It is just, it is... On, <laughs> better on, than
0: Citizen Kane? On that front.
1: Oh. On that front. Uh, maybe not the filmmaking, but you know what I'm saying? If you're just talking about a movie about sort of a, a, America's relationship to money, this is the movie. You know, and it just... They, it's like they never realized... It's like nobody in the film ever realized the symbolism of Versailles. They don't realize that Versailles was, you know, like this unforgivable waste of money that was so immoral that its owners were actually decapitated by the public.
0: I want to have a really nice boat and name it the Titanic. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's just, it's amazing. And, and while in some ways it's,
1: you know Jackie Jackie Siegel you know she's really interesting she did kind of come from nothing and she is a self-made woman in many ways who did wind up marrying a ridiculously wealthy guy and she kind of goes back to Walmart it just you know head held high and she's just like that's la- that's how life is you're up you're down and in some ways she's a really impressive character but on the other hand you also just feel like you know, but Walmart is also just full of tacky, stupid, pointless crap. It's just cheaper crap. And there you are just buying like a giant SUV full of it. And I guess it's just, it's one of these movies that just asks you that, that makes you ask yourself, why, why are you spending the money? What, what are you spending it for? What is it you want out of it? And what do you actually get in return for it?
0: Yeah. Rafer. That is a perfect prescription. Yeah. It's a
1: well there's a, yeah there's like you said Kristen there's a reason we both chose it um so I know you like this movie and what did you what did you choose as your as your as your backup recommendation for Jenna
0: <laughs> Well I chose something that is a little lighter a little frothier it comes from our great neighbors to the north Canada Oh it is a TV series called Schitt's Creek currently all the seasons are on Netflix uh reefer i can't remember do you watch schitt's creek
1: i do not watch schitt's creek i'm i'm almost completely in the dark i'm one of the few people that does not watch schitt's creek even even i know it
0: won you know every emmy there was to be won um and i know i should watch it and i love eugene levy and he has never looked better i don't know what happened to me on this show but i was watching it i'm like i I would take that home (laughs) i don't know what's going on he looks so good on this show you tap that as they used to say on lost oh yes yes absolutely absolutely (laughs) Now, for those who are not familiar with the show, Schitt's Creek follows the trials and tribulations of the wildly wealthy, or I should say formerly wildly wealthy, Rose family. They are people living the high life. They just, you know, they do things like fly on private jets everywhere. (laughs) They buy Greek islands. All their outfits they only wear once, and all the outfits cost $50,000 a piece. They're those kinds of people. They're so (laughs) rich, but they are forced to see the value of money when things go belly up and they have to relocate to a town that they bought just as a joke called Shits Creek. They bought this town because they saw the name and they're like, isn't that hilarious? Well, it turns out when things go bad, Shits Creek is the only place they have left to go. They set up home in the local motel there and the mom and dad, they have to stay in one hotel room, the adult children who are in their 30s have to stay in the other. <laughs> This is their new life. Here's a clip.
2: Well, where are you going? Stavros is flying in to get me. I told you that. What do you mean Stavros is coming? What do you mean? When? When is he doing that? Like whenever stupid Mary Kate stops hogging his plane. Well, where are we going? Okay, at present, he's just coming for me. But then I figured that we would just come back and grab you guys at some point. What kind of sociopath? Abandons her family in some vomit-soaked dump
0: to gallivant around the world with her dumb shipping-air loser boyfriend she's known for three months. Um, David, it will be four months next
2: month. Oh, my God. And he just told me that he could potentially see himself
0: considering saying I love you at some point sometime soon, so...
2: That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm telling Mom.
0: So... What we come to see with the Rose family is that in the past, their lives centered around spending money. And then when the spending went away, all these other things opened up to them. All these other things that are so much more fulfilling than I'm buying something new, I'm wearing something new, I'm driving something new. It then got around to what is good in me? What is good in you? How can we love each other more? How can we be better to each other? And I think that is a beautiful message in the show. And I will also say this, many of the episodes, as wacky as they are, make me cry. No kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs>
1: they make me cry. Well, that's very interesting. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd heard from people that um, th- that the series could be a little bit of a tough go at first. It was, I guess, I guess I'd heard from a lot of people that it was a bit of an acquired taste.
0: I did not love this show immediately. Season one, I... Stopped and started maybe seven times before I finally fell in love with the show. Chris Elliott can be a bit much to deal with. Sometimes he's on screen way too much. Yeah. But Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, Annie Murphy, and Catherine O'Hara are so good on this show.
1: I love it. So let's recap. Kristen chose Schitt's Creek, and
0: we really both chose The Queen of Versailles from 2012. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, a huge thanks to everyone who continues to rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts and write fantastic reviews. For example, this one is from "Not Emily in California." She gave us five stars and wrote, "I can't fully explain what a thrill I get every Friday morning when I take the dog for a walk and hear, "Welcome to our coach." Take a seat." Rafer and Kristen have truly helped me endure these COVID times with their movie and TV recommendations that span from TCM classics to current Netflix series. Their optimistic advice and kindness toward their listeners never fails to send me off on a cloud of good feelings and excitement as I look forward to watching their recommendations. I also love the fact that sometimes other dog walkers will see and hear me laughing out loud at some kooky comment from Kristen or a reflection from Rafer on his life. Thank you for all you do.
1: Well, thanks, Not Emily in California. Uh, That's a wonderful review. It's it's nice to know that all your fellow dog walkers are uh, getting a kick out of us sort of uh, indirectly. Oh, yeah.
0: I love it. I also love when people use the word kooky. I I like the word (laughs) (laughs) kooky.
1: I completely agree. I completely agree. You are kooky, Kristen.
0: Oh, thanks, Rayford.
1: (laughs) All right. Stay with us. When we're back, we have someone who's lost their motivation. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you
2: get your podcasts.
0: We're back with our second letter of the week, and this one comes from someone who is calling themselves Not the Same.
1: All right, I'll read this one. Uh, Not the Same says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, my school in Malaysia has been reopened. After all these months of quarantine, I've lost my motivation for studying. I'm not the person I was all those months ago. I kind of wander off, and I feel empty during the lesson. I was hoping that you guys could recommend some movies for me that can bring my motivation back.
0: Oh, not the same. Here's the thing. None of us are the same. Boy. None of us. Oh, my gosh. True. Not the same could just be the motto for the whole year for every single person on the planet, right? <laughs> not
1: the same. That's true. Be a good T-shirt.
0: But as hard as it is for us grown-ups in the world, Rafer, it's got to be just as hard, if not harder, for all the kids dealing with school. Totally. It, I can't imagine trying to pay attention to my school work when I'm like in the middle of a pandemic and haven't even been around people for months. This seems like really, really tough socially, emotionally, academically, all of the above.
1: That's true. That's true. My kids are about to go through that, um, at least maybe one of them. We might send one of our children back to uh, to school at least part-time in person. So um,
0: yeah, it's going to be a big adjustment. It's going to be different. I guess long. Long story short, what we're trying to say not the same is, you're not alone. We all feel this way. So, Rafer, what are we going to prescribe not the same?
1: Well, I'm going to prescribe a movie that came out uh, just a couple years ago in 2018 called Science Fair. It's a really great, sweet little documentary um, that I have kind of a, uh, I wouldn't call it a personal connection, sort of a semi-personal business connection, um, because some of the kids in this film and one of the uh, main teachers, who's one of the main characters in the film, are all from Long Island. And so I interviewed them and I got a chance to speak to the filmmakers and it was a lot of fun. It was a fun little story to do. But aside from all that, The film itself is really great, and it's all about the International Science and Engineering Fair, which I think used to be presented by Intel, and now it's uh, Regeneron, but of course it's 2020, and so there is no uh, International Science Mm -hmm. Fair. Um, (laughs) Anyway, most people just call it Science Fair. It's a global science competition for high school students. started back in 1950. It gives away something like... $4 million or something in prizes, all told. It's kind of incredible. The categories are very broad. um, Anything from animal sciences to mathematics, uh, behavioral science, uh, robotics, computers. um, And if you win in your category, that's obviously this amazing thing to have on your college application which is one of the reasons all these students are doing it um if you win the top award the best overall you are pretty much on your way to the school of your choice and very possibly with a free ride it's really like a life-changing thing that happens to you to win an award at this thing uh here's a clip from the
2: film we're about to go to the icef student mixer which is this like dance party
0: It's very weird to see all the people that made it to the International Science Fair put into one room and they're all, you know, they're acting like idiots. Are
2: you excited about the dance? No. Okay. I've actually never been to a school dance, not in middle school or high school, and I'm kind of glad I haven't because I've heard there's a lot of like drama and whatnot that goes down there, so. Kind of glad I'm out of that scene, but you're only there for a
0: week, and then and then you know the supposed love of your life that you just met at the Science Fair dance flies back to a, like Botswana or wherever. These kids are so freaking smart, Rafer. They're so smart. I mean, awkward, yes, but so smart.
1: They're amazing. What
0: was I doing at their age? Oh my god, I was drinking like bush in a parking lot or something, you know? <laughs> Rolling rock. No, I, I know.
1: <laughs> I know, I certainly wasn't trying to, like, you know, uh, cure a virus, things like that. Right. Um, Well, You know, it's funny because when I thought of this film, I I sort of initially hesitated to recommend it because it is a competition story. And I personally sometimes find competition stories kind of hard to relate to. I'm, I'm kind of a literalist, and so I always think is the lesson here that if I try really hard, I might win a prize. <laughs> but that's obviously, not, that's obviously not the message here. That's just the way my brain works. The message here is really, of course, just look what you can do if you persevere. You know, the, the, some of the stories in this film are really amazing, and there are a lot of super smart kids from these fancy high schools doing these amazing things. But there's also this duo from Brazil, uh, and they're working on a cure for Zika because their hometown was decimated by wow. it. Yeah, I, it, um, there's a, a great uh, girl who got a lot of press uh, when she appeared in this film. Uh, her name is Kashfia. Uh She's Muslim. She lives in South Dakota, and her school doesn't really give a crap about science or about her. And yet she goes to, I think it's the school's football coach of all people. And but with the two of them, they get her to the science fair. Wow. So there are these really cool kids in, in there that are, are really kind of like struggling upstream and really trying to do something against all odds. And I don't want to spoil who wins it, obviously. But those are the stories that I think are really worth concentrating on. These kids that are just determined to keep going and they never quit, even though they have these setbacks. And it doesn 't really matter it doesn 't really matter if they get the prize it doesn 't matter if they win it 's just it 's just that they 're trying and that 's what 's so impressive and This is something i 'm always trying to tell my kids and it 's a lesson I have a hard time. Uh, telling them because it's a lesson that I have a hard time absorbing myself. <laughs> but you know, I always tell my kids like I don't care if you get into this super competitive you know middle school or high school, and don't care if you do really well on the on the test. I just care if you try. That's just really the name mm. of the game, and that's all that really matters is just trying. You know, the end result. Is actually not that important. So that's why I chose Science Fair.
0: I love that lesson. I think that's something that all of us, whether we're students or grown-ups or whatnot, we can all take that lesson and apply that to life. And I think life is more fun that way. Cause if we get too caught up in just the perfect score or winning, I think that can also paralyze a lot of us and cause us to just not do anything at all. And yeah. how boring is life if we're never trying? Go out there and try. Just try.
1: I completely agree. I completely agree. And Kristen, you're you're good with movies like this, with recommendations like this. What, what did you pick?
0: Wow, well, I'm glad you think so, and I hope you still think so after this recommendation. <laughs> Dead Poets Society from 1989. Oh, of course. And I just did a quick check as of today, um, on our taping day. It is widely available, including on Amazon Prime, so uh, people should have no problems accessing this. It is a movie set in 1959 at a fictional, very elite, very conservative boarding school in Vermont. It tells the story of an unconventional English teacher, John Keating, played by Robin Williams. And his very tightly wound students, all of whom are being groomed by their parents and the school, to be the next generation of politicians, businessmen, and doctors of the upper crust. Now, Keating tries to encourage them to see their education as more than a path toward a prestigious profession. He also is trying to get them to see education as an opportunity to experience the joys of curiosity, of awe, and even of love. Here's a clip.
2: We don't read and write poetry because it's cute We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race and the human race is filled with passion In Medicine law business engineering these are noble pursuits necessary to sustain life but poetry beauty romance love These are what we stay alive for What will your verse be?
1: This is a really good movie. I, I've I've been thinking about showing my kids this movie, but um, you know, it's a little, it might be a little heavy for a young for young kids. A lot of a lot of stuff going on. A lot of teen drama. And it's not and it's not just lightweight teen drama. It's pretty. It's, it's real stuff.
0: Yeah, especially in the last fifteen minutes of it. Right. So I'm just gonna warn our letter writer here, not the same. The last 15 minutes is not the point of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good warning. That's a good disclaimer. I, I, I'm not <laughs>
0: going to tell you what happens in the last 15 minutes, but that's not the point of it. The point that is being made in the film and that I'm making right now to you is maybe to focus less on the importance of the academics, the future career path, the grades, and to focus more on curiosity On awe, on the things that make your heart sing. Sure. What makes your ears perk up when it's being talked about in class? What are you reading that makes you think, "Oh, I need to, I I need to learn more about that"? Focus on those moments of magic because that's why you're there. I know your teachers might be telling you something differently. That you got to get a hundred on this. You got to try your best on this. Your whole future is going to be ruined if you don't succeed here. That's not really true. Just please, your life will be better. If you focus more on the joys of curiosity and the joys of discovery and the joys of learning and the joys of not knowing the answer and discovering the answer, all of those things are beautiful and they make life wonderful.
1: I think those are all excellent points. (laughs) So once again, our recommendations are from Kristen, Dead Poet Society, and from
0: me, Science Fair. All right, we're going to take another quick break. But before we do, are you in a predicament where you could use some questionable advice and a good movie or TV recommendation? Write to us at RaferAndKristen at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, RaferAndKristen.com, and use the contact form there. You do not have to use your real name. You can use any name you like.
1: And when we're back, we have our What Should I Watch Next Letter of the Weekend.
0: We're back, and it's time for this week's What Should I Watch Next letter. Rafer, take it away. All right. This one comes from Ilana. Ilana
1: says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I recently devoured Emily in Paris, starring Lily Collins and created by Darren Starr of Sex and the City fame. I'll be the first to admit it was mindless escapist fare, but I loved it. I loved the costumes that were clearly out of the protagonist's budget. I loved her apartment with its hot downstairs neighbor and perfect picture window views of all of Paris. I loved how everything went her way from professional success to finding the coolest friends. It was the fantasy that I suppose a lot of us wish we could live right now, especially those of us who like Emily are single 30 something educated women who long to travel. I'd love to watch another escapist fantasy that checks all these same boxes. What should I watch
0: next? All right, Rafer. I'm guessing you haven't seen Emily in Paris. No,
1: I've only I've only read the damning, damning reviews. Of that.
0: It is so stupid. And it's, I watched it all in maybe one night. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I like Lily Collins. Yeah, Lily Collins is beautiful. She's charming. She's delightful. But yeah, I don't know what's wrong with all of us who devoured this. Everybody I know who has watched the show the whole time has said, this is the stupidest thing I've ever watched. Yes, I am still watching Netflix play next episode.
1: <laughs> well, it really I mean, the critics have really just come out, you know, like, like, a like a wolf pack after it. I, you know, I think, I really think that uh, Darren Star uh, really uh, kind of erased, like, just years of goodwill with the second Sex in the City movie. Mm. I feel like that movie just just blew the entire series away, just erased it from our memories and left us with this hideous taste in our mouth. And I feel like people just sort of haven't quite forgiven him since then.
0: Yeah, that second movie. Oof, ooh, phew, so oh
1: bad. Oh, boy, that was...
0: who it was bad. It was like... <laughs> One of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was terrible.
1: Yeah, <laughs> was so that bad. really was bad. Yeah. Uh, well, but anyway, he's, you know, he's back. And here we are talking about him again, because Emily Paris is some kind of a hit. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's some kind of a backhanded hit. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, Kristen, you've seen it. I haven't. What do you recommend to our listener, to Ilana?
0: All right. Ilana, this may or may not check all of your boxes, but it is, in my opinion, the thing that first planted the seeds for us to have shows like Emily in Paris, I am referring to a TV show called That Girl, which aired from 1966 to 1971. It is currently on Amazon Prime and Tubi. It is the original, I'm a 30-something girl in the city, I'm single, I dress well, I'm having a great time sort of show. Totally. And Rafer, you and I both know this show. Of course. It stars Marlo Thomas as a single gal in New York City. Her name is Anne Marie. She's an aspiring but only sporadically employed actress who moves from (laughs) her small town to try to make it big in the city. She has to take a number of offbeat temp jobs to support herself in between her various auditions and bit parts. And when she's not working, she's having fun with her friends and her neighbors, one of whom is played by the legendary Ruth Buzzy. Yes. And of course, she has a romantic life as well with her boyfriend Donald, who works in the newspaper biz. Here's a clip.
2: Oh, perfect. perfect. Isn't she perfect, Ernie? Nice, yes. Thanks. Hey, what do you have? We want you. There's a doorman outside, six foot five. All I gotta do is whistle. Wait a minute. How would you like to be an actress? An actress? I am an actress. You're an actress? Well, even an actress has to earn a living. Is this for a play? No, it's a kind of film. A film? You mean a movie film? No, no it's not a movie, it's a commercial commercial <laughs> that's terrific well i mean millions of people watch commercials i could be discovered from a commercial sure it happens all the time now what do you say you want to do it do i oh where do i go and when right here tonight at seven tonight Ooh, that doesn't give me much time to learn my lines for your part you've got enough time see you at seven. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute what about my script you don't need one
0: well what do i do
2: all you got to do is scream
0: <gasps> i scream great Now, here's why I'm recommending it. It checks a lot of your boxes. Not all of them, but a lot of them. For example, Marlo Thomas was roughly the same age as Lily Collins when she made the show. She started, I think, at age 29 on the show, and the show ended when she was in her mid-30s. Her wardrobe is so good and unbelievable. Just like Emily in Paris, you're like, how is she affording these clothes? Oh, and and her hair. How is she getting this hair done all the time? How does she look like this? She's probably making four... Well, I was going to say $4 an hour, but back then it was probably less than $4 an hour. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's like, how is she dressing like this? Every single outfit she wears, you want to stop, pause, take a picture, copy that outfit. Everything she wears is perfection. And I'm also going to add that the writing is very good. The show was developed by writers from The Dick Van Dyke Show, which if you're not familiar with that, some of the best, snappiest writing in all of TV history. And I'll add that, like Emily in Paris, she's single. By the end of the series, spoiler alert, she is still single. She's still not married at the end of it. That's Uh. because Marlo Thomas insisted on that. She said she did not want a show where the girl's goal was to get married that's interesting there are lots of ways for young women to have happy endings and you do not need to be married for that happy ending to be there so I, I think it's you know it's similar it's not exactly the same as Emily in Paris you don't have Paris but you do have New York City back in the swing in 60s so oh boy. that's pretty cool
1: oh that's great you know uh, uh, a couple things that, that uh, I'm thinking about right now one is this movie uh, excuse me the series, reminded me a little bit of Bewitched only because the lead um, actress was like so charismatic and, and sort of ebullient and sexy and great. And the guy she was with was just such a drip.
0: Oh, Donald Don- wasn't... Right? So Donald.
1: forgettable. God, the only thing I can remember about him really is sort of this vague outline of his face and kind of a wide tie. Yeah. That's like, that's like the only thing I remember about that guy. Yeah. Um, Likewise. And also, uh, I don't know, uh, Ruth Buzzy, I, I think she's something like 84 or 85 did you know that she's just totally alive and well and just cracking jokes constantly on twitter
0: oh my gosh she's, i need to follow she's her she's just
1: like oh my god she's hilarious she's she's cranking them out like um like like don rickles and ronnie dangerfield and joan rivers all wrapped up in one and just wow. just one after the other one after the other bang 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 it's hilarious wow um yeah so there you go ruth Buzzy. who
0: knew i'm going to follow her and i am going to ask you rafer what are you prescribing to our listener Alana here? What are, you, what are you going to prescribe to Alana?
1: Well, I think I've got a decent choice here. It's also not going to tick off all these boxes um, uh, that Alana wanted. Uh, for, in the first place, it's about a guy. So I'm kind of sorry about that. But so many women's travel movies, that, you know, have kind of – they're sort of – we've seen – most people have seen them, I think. Most people have seen Eat, Pray, Love. Most people have seen these kind of travelogue films. So it's a little tough. But the movie I'm going to recommend is from 2011. It's Midnight in Paris, starring Owen Wilson. It's uh, the Woody Allen movie. I know it's not fashionable these days to praise Woody Allen, but I'm going to.
0: But before you do that, Rafer, can I just jump in really quick here for a second and say to the listeners, it is obviously up to all of you out there if you want to separate the artist from the art or not separate the artist from the art. Only you can decide on that. We can't do that for you. Now, as you were, Rafer... Um, so this is the story of a guy named Gil
1: Pender. Uh, He's the Owen Wilson character. He's a screenwriter. He's on vacation in Paris with his fiancee played by Rachel McAdams. He feels like a hack. He feels like he's supposed to be writing, you know, deep, profound novels, not this stupid Hollywood stuff. His head is all full of these romantic notions about Paris and the literary life and the moderns. And then one night he goes out walking alone and an old car pulls up next to him. And there's a bunch of well-dressed people who look like they must be in the 1920s and they're drunk and they're partying and they're happy and they invite him to a party and the next thing you know gill is actually hanging out magically somehow with f scott fitzgerald and ernest hemingway and gertrude stein and all the rest here's a clip okay. is this gentleman bothering you
2: <laughs> hey how are you I was hoping we yeah. see you here. What a great party. Oh, good. It's nice to see you here. Thank you. Thank you. We'll, uh, Gil, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with sure, you later. Sure, okay? sure. Wow, well, well. Great Hi, to ma'am. see you. Oh, what a surprise. I oh, know. It was
1: just a total fluke. I was at Gertrude Stein's. She's always fresh with my novel. And I run to this guy. He turns out he's Archibald McLeish. He says he's on his way over here. Come on. Oh, I'm not going to crash it for But then he said you'd be here. You and Pablo.
2: And... Oh, Pablo's but... home. Oh. We had a bit of a quarrel. I no. You look like you were having fun with Juno Barnes you? Oh, yeah. Wait, that was Juna Barnes? Oh, uh-huh. Wow, no wonder she wanted to lead. <laughs> Isn't this a wonderful place to throw a party? Oh, so great. Only the Fitzgerald can do that. Only the I Fitzgerald. I want to show you something. Yeah. Come
0: with me. OK. Remember about this movie, Rafer? Tell me,
1: it's going to be something bad, isn't it, Kristen?
0: I remember thinking the whole time I was watching it. I think this movie is for people who actually like Paris, and that's not me.
1: Uh, you don't like Paris?
0: Well, I, no offense to anybody listening who's in Paris. It might not even be that it's Paris I don't like. It might be Francophiles.
1: Francophiles? You don't like the people? You don't like the people who like the French?
0: <laughs> you know, you know those people who say, "Oh, it's so French," and they say it as a compliment. Like yes, you know those people. <laughs> you feel like that's not a compliment. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Is that a compliment to say something? Oh, it is so sophisticated. It is so French, and it's like, oh, it's... <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I feel like I we've just lost all of our listeners because I just, no, I just is, said I, don't I think like this is.
1: <laughs> I think this is. I think this is awesome. I know. I know the kind of person you're talking about. And to be honest, I think that's one of the reason I like. That's one of the reasons I like this movie. Um, I think. I think this is the kind of thing that Woody Allen is very good at. I think he's very good at dashing off these quick sketches, these really quick sketches of people um, at, that are instantly recognizable, you know, and you know, this guy, you know, who Gil is, you know, he's a, he's, he's a little dreamy. He's pretentious. He's, he's kind of full of crap. He's exactly what I'm talking about. He's exactly what you're talking about. He's not a terrible person, but you know, he's exactly the kind of guy you're talking about. And you, and Woody Allen knows he's ridiculous and we know he's ridiculous, but we also kind of feel for him because he's kind of trapped in this almost marriage that clearly isn't going anywhere. It's not the right woman. And then suddenly he's in this kind of mystical, uh, weird situation where he's got this opportunity to either sort of stay in the past and live out this romantic fantasy or you know uh, stay in the future and you know really kind of take control of his fate and do something with himself and not live in a fantasy i think it's all pretty interesting and you know obviously one reason i chose it is because it's really beautiful it's a lovely film it all takes place in paris um and it's it's filmed in this really lovely way um you soak up paris and i always think especially in a place like paris one thing you are soaking up is the history that is one of the things that you love about it you do kind of Imagine yourself, or imagine the history around you, and this movie brings it to life. Uh, and it feels great to me. And it's just a really charming, fun, funny fantasy. Um, uh, I should mention Marion Cotillard is great in this. Is oh, she Adriana, is. the exotic love interest uh, that Gill falls in love with. Um, but I, I love this movie. It was a huge hit for Woody Allen. Extremely popular. I was a real sucker for it, and so I'm recommending this one.
0: Yeah, I'm recommending that girl. <laughs>
1: Wow. That <laughs> but, was, that's what I call some faint praise right there.
0: But, but I'll just repeat for the listeners your recommendation. Midnight in Paris. You choose. That girl, Midnight in Paris. It's totally up to you, but choose that girl.
1: Well, I've got a little chill down my spine that tells me it's time to end this week's episode of Movie Therapy, Kristen. <laughs> people, people, please don't hesitate to reach out. If you need some questionable advice and solid movie recommendations, you can email us at raferandkristen at gmail.com. You do not have to use your real name.
0: You can also tweet us at raferguzman and at kristenminzer.
1: And a reminder please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows and tell your friends about our show. It really does help a lot. Until next time, I'm Kristen
0: Meinzer. And I'm Rafer Guzman. Thanks so much for listening. Bye bye.